0: There, playful mompreneurs. I'm Shirley Tonkin Smith, and yes, you are listening to the Playful Mompreneur podcast. We love being playful around here. We love running our businesses differently, letting go of the old rules, and embracing new guidelines, principles, new plays that work for this very hybrid role we have of mom and entrepreneur. We aspire not to take life and business too seriously and rather be inspired by the innate playfulness we see in our kids. It all sounds great, right? But, and you might have realized this, when the going gets tough, it's often really difficult to feel playful. We have to feel safe to play, and I think for many of us, feeling safe has been a bit of an issue over the last 18 months or so. My guest today has had her share of tough times in business and with her own health. Alison Derry is the co owner of The Papery, a proudly South African online store that sells beautiful diaries, journals, and other stunning stationery products. In 2020, The Papery lost out on five weeks' worth of sales during the hard lockdown when they weren't allowed to trade. They also lost many of their regular diary orders from their corporate clients who were cutting their budgets due to the pandemic. Then, in what is typically the busiest time of the year for her business, Alison suffered a series of heart attacks. But get this, despite these devastating setbacks, the papery had a record year, increasing their overall sales by 60%, and their online sales by a whopping 200%. And thankfully, when Alison and I had our interview, which was back in May 2021, she was healthy, happy, and bubbling over with a playful attitude. And it's this playful attitude that Alison credits, at least in part, to the success she achieved in 2020, despite all the challenges that came her way. And she even told me recently that they are on track to smash their 2020 records by the end of 2021. Don't you want a piece of that kind of success? I know I do. Now, Alison admits that embracing playfulness has been hard at times, and I can so relate. It's taken a lot of intention and indeed some hard work. But as you'll hear in the interview, the way of playfulness has been far more effective than the way of overwork, of hard grind, and of trying to be supermom. Oh, yes, because if you thought her 2020 year was remarkable, just wait until you hear what happened back in 2016 when Alison decided to quote unquote do nothing. Let me just let you in on a secret that the results she achieved were not nothing. So, if you're wondering how you can continue to embrace an attitude of playfulness even when the going is getting tough, then stay tuned. Do you want to find joy in being both a parent and a business owner? Then come and play with us here at the Playful Mompreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Tonkin-Smith, and I'm on a mission to help moms to start and grow their own businesses in a way that's as simple and as fun as child's play. Join me as I talk about things like playful productivity, tools and tech, and building a special kind of business, a business that supports your desire to be a fully present parent and to have the time and space to truly connect with your kids. You'll also hear from other mompreneurs and some dadpreneurs who are rocking this double gig of parenting and business ownership, with some of them even throwing homeschooling into the mix. Get the inside track on both their struggles and what's working for them, and then use that as inspiration for building your playful business. You ready? Let's play. Today, I'm thrilled to be chatting to Alison Deary. So let me just tell you a little bit about Alison before we get going with our interview. Alison is a mom to four boys. Most of them are now out of the house, but she also has a gorgeous grandson. So she's not only a mom near, but also a granny for near. You heard it here first. <laughs> she loves running, swimming in the cold Cape Town Sea, even in winter, you guys. And she got her black belt in karate when she was 50, having started karate classes alongside her sons 10 years prior. How cool is she? Alison is also the CEO of The Papery, which she runs in partnership with her brother. And let me tell you that I love The Papery's products, but my prolific bullet journaling husband, Garen, probably loves them even more. <laughs> Alison lives with her partner, Jean in the southern part of Cape Town, where she has a choice of several beautiful beaches within walking distance from her home. So hi, Alison, and welcome to the Playful Mompreneur podcast.
1: Thank you, Shelley, and thank you for inviting me. It's really nice to be here.
0: Wonderful. It's so great to have you here. So, Alison, I'd love to get straight into it, because the last 18 months or so have been tough for all of us. But you've had a particularly eventful time. So tell us about the roller coaster ride that has been 2020 and even 2021 for you.
1: Yeah, so 2020 gave me a big uh, kick up the backside with a heart attack. So we started, we went into lockdown, and I was loving it. I was really enjoying lockdown. But we went into diary season. There was quite a lot of stress around the fact that there was a delay with materials. And one of my kids was going through something quite big. And I think that's the one thing for me. I take my kids, I take that very personally. They are very, very close to my heart. And I went for a run one day and I was getting these terrible pains down my arm. And I was, I was saying to Jean, oh, I'm getting these pains. And, And he said to me, just run. We all get pains. And so I ran another four kilometers, I think, after having a heart attack. I went to the doctor a couple of days later and then got referred to a heart specialist. And by the time they had me in there, I'd had a couple of heart attacks. So it wasn't that kind of like, oh, I'm having a heart attack kind of thing. It was just these pains that kept coming, and especially when I was doing exercise. Sure. Sure. That was September. So we were already starting. I was well into kind of diary season already. Went, went in, had a stent put in and got to ride in an ambulance and did all those fun things. And they kept me in there for a couple of days. And I just remember lying there thinking... Oh, can't they just keep me here forever? It's so nice. Just I don't have to worry about thinking what to cook, and I don't have to worry about anybody, and I don't have to switch on my computer. It was a really nice holiday for two days.
0: Oh my goodness, Alison, you are very much a glass half full kind of person, aren't you? But wow, a heart attack. I mean, that is serious. That must have given you quite a wake-up call. Yeah, And
1: the good thing that came out of it was the day after I had the stent put in, I was lying in my bed in hospital and uh, WhatsApp John I said to him, sweetie, I want to move. And he said, where do you want to move to? I said, I don't care. I just want a view. I want to see sunset and fresh air. And within four weeks, we had packed up a huge house. I mean, with having four kids, not all living at home, but there was a lot of leftovers from The ones that had moved out and my mom living with us, I had to move her. I had to pack up and move the whole business. And our business, it's very stock intense. So it was a mammoth task, moving all this during diary season. With not being able to lift a single box was quite an interesting thing.
0: (laughs) Wow. I mean, that is mammoth. I'm sure you really had to rely on a lot of your support systems, the people around you. And, and I also think that your business needed to support that because now you were outside of your business. You weren't able to actually be part of your business at this time. And I know you are in partnership with your brother, so I can imagine he must have had to take over some of the running of the business. But you had to set up your business to support you. So I want to know a little bit more about how you did that, but I first want you just to take us back so that we've got a clear context of what your business was looking like here in 2020, uh, because your business started in 2010.
1: So the business started 12 years ago with the Mum Diary, which is Most Organized Mother Diary. Over the years, we've sold about 70,000 of them. So there's thousands of women in South Africa and and actually some overseas as well who have made use of the Mum Diary. And from there, it grew. My running partner at the time didn't have kids. And she was saying, oh, I love your diary so much, but I don't want to walk around with a diary that says mom on it. So she says, can't you turn my mom upside down? So I said, yeah, sure. We'll make it a wow diary. Oh, cool. So it came wonderfully organized women.
0: Oh, so, that is so clever.
1: Yeah, that was the the spin-off. And actually, they, they're almost identical except for the cover and... I've made the wording very generic. So I use words like family instead of children. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, for most women, whether you're a mom or whether you're not a mom, you have, you wear different hats and yeah. you have different responsibilities. So from there, I, I speak about we. I'm in partnership with my brother. He's always been on the design side. He's very creative. Okay. And we're developing all sorts of other products, which we manufacture everything locally,
0: which I'm very proud of. Yes. Yes. And yes. I think you also then employ people here in South Africa as well for the business.
1: Absolutely. You know, we've worked out with, with a journal, with our just a simple journal. There's probably about 12 South African companies that we support through that one journal because we source all the materials. So a ribbon, uh, elastic, we dye the elastic ourselves. We buy the paper from one company. We have the printing done at another company. We have the covers done. So there's a whole lot of companies that do benefit from just one journal.
0: Yes. I love that. Just this idea of the rising tide lifts all boats. Like as, as one person brings in this abundance, as one person has got this business and it's starting to thrive and it's starting to grow, I think a lot of us start to feel bad. We're like, oh, I, like I've got the successful business, but now you know they, yeah. we are seeing people in poverty all around us. But as yeah. we bring in that abundance, as we have successful businesses, we will just inevitably bring other people along for the ride. So, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so Alison, I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into this, bringing other people along for the ride, because I also mentioned that you had set your business up. For success, that your business was running, it had support systems in place so that when you were literally lying in a hospital bed having a heart attack, your business could still function. I mean, that is absolutely huge. And you did that by actually bringing other people along for the ride in the success of your business. And this, I know that you have identified as an area of your zone of genius. So, can you tell us what changed and how you'd set your business up for success there in September of 2020 and how you brought in your zone of genius? Tell us a little bit more about that zone of genius that you have.
1: I think my zone of genius is building puzzles. Mm. <laughs> And let me explain that. So I love to, when I'm approaching something in my business or even in life, I love to approach it like a puzzle. So if I take a piece of paper, that's kind of my blank board where I'm going to put my puzzle, I've got a very good idea of what my big picture must look like. So like looking at a puzzle box, you can see what the big picture is, but then having to construct that myself. So I always start with this main sort of feature idea and then branch out and I start putting the pieces of the puzzle together and then building around each idea or each area and then filling in the gaps until you gradually see that picture forming -hmm. And I find I'm at my happiest and most relaxed, and really in my flow and working from my space of intuition when I'm in that space. During lockdown, when I heard that we were able to sell stationery, we had a lot of stock on our floor at that time. And I realized there were a lot of people out there who couldn't work for various reasons, either they weren't allowed solid product or they were in travel or something like that. So what I did was I decided to set up this partnership program. So I identified there were four different ways people could work with us. So either as an affiliate, so bloggers, and I know spoke about this with Lynn and affiliate programs. So they could put a link in and then the buyer would come to our website and the affiliate would get earned commission on it. So that was the one way. The other way was a reseller. So, somebody who had their own website, their own online store or store where they could sell stationery. The other one was drop shipping, which is where people have an online store, but they don't want to hold the physical stock. And then the last one was for someone to be like a sales agent for us. So, for instance, somebody who had a database of corporates for travel, but they couldn't sell travel packages could now approach those corporates to sell them diaries Uh so yeah that was I basically kind of got that idea got those four branches and then started working out what I needed for each one so I needed banners I needed an application form I needed icons terms and conditions the email communications and I set it up all through my email program my mailing program automated it so, I get an email to say this person has requested to join. I just quickly go and have a look if they're suitable if they kind of aligned with my with the business and then I onboard them, and as soon as I onboard them, they go into a funnel in my mailing program. They get a welcome email. they get connected to pictures, and that was my lockdown baby and I just love doing that that is definitely where my my zone of genius is even if it's not where I spend most of my time it's what I enjoy the most
0: Interesting. So interesting. And I can just imagine like building a, a hundred piece puzzle or something with the kids. And then, oh, let's do this corner here, this corner here, this corner. And you've got your four, you know, like with this example that you gave, it like the four corners and you're building out and you're like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And, and I love how it also speaks to those baby steps of going, okay, let's go. Just like just the next piece That's we don't have to build yeah. the whole puzzle in one go. We are just looking for that next piece. And I think you have done that brilliantly Your like systems thinking and, yeah. and also seeing that expansiveness of like, yeah, we can totally figure this out. Like we've, we've got something here. We've got a whole lot of stock. And, and then y- there's also all these people around who actually are looking for something to sell that, that they're allowed to sell. And putting the two together, I think is genius. And I think that will be very inspiring to to other moms out there. Just also knowing, like maybe look at your business like a puzzle. I think sometimes we do want to look at it like the photograph, like the box. And I think we just need enough of a vision of what the front of the puzzle looks like, what that photograph of the puzzle looks like, of where we're going. But then it's all about the baby steps. And this is something I have to remind myself about all the time. It's in those baby steps that we see growth. It's in those baby steps that we are actually, over time, accomplishing huge things. And I think you've got some even more ambitious ideas and goals for your business. Alison, am I right?
1: That is yeah. my goal in the next couple of years is to become the largest online stationery store in Africa. So cool. and um, yeah that's I set that goal two and a half years ago and it's amazing the shifts that have happened in the last two and a half years are kind of aligning me with that and I just see the growth year on year I mean 2020 as weird as it sounds was my best year in business and even with lockdown and not being able to make any income for a couple of months having a heart attack moving house delays with production all those kind of things it was still financially it was our best year ever our online sales went up by 200 percent, i think
0: incredible
1: um, yeah so wow. yeah it was crazy and i think I attribute that to when COVID started. I went into the whole thing without having fear around my business. I didn't feel that. I fear that a lot of people felt. I saw it as a great opportunity to work on the business. Actually, such a lovely holiday for me as well. Just like no committees. That was really where I said, "Okay, that's it. Mm, Enough." I've been running around too much, and it was just nice not having to lift the kids anywhere and for me that time felt like every day was a Saturday and I love Saturdays Uh. (laughs) because Saturdays just flow for me I don't work to a to-do list sometimes I'll write down things that I want to do but it's a much less rigid time so we worked on our website and e-commerce just got boosted so
0: That was incredible. But I also just love that, that you weren't going to be taken over by fear of, of COVID. Mm. I think the pandemic, mm. it was a terribly fearful time, mm. but to also recognize the feelings that were coming, but going, I'm not going to get swept away by this fear, by this panic. I'm going to actually take control and use it as an opportunity to like redo your websites and actually go, mm. all right, well then if we're not selling, what can we use this time for? And I think that's so wise.
1: I must add, I, I was very thankful that I wasn't a, a mom of young kids because uh-huh. I I acknowledged that it must have been really difficult for anyone with young kids having to homeschool, having them at home all the time and still trying to do things for the business. And so I don't think everybody's journey was the same, but m- my journey was good.
0: So tell us about your family. How have you sort of balanced being a mompreneur, balanced the family life, balanced the business, being a businesswoman, and, and now add in, add in being a granny into the mix as well.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. So when I started the business in uh, 2010, my kids, because of their ages, they were all at different schools. I had one in preschool, one in primary school one in high school and one at a different high school so yeah as you can imagine that was like four different institutions four different directions to drive four sets of different rules and different requirements and yeah and that was really my motivation behind the diary because I used to take a shop-bought diary and I used to draw lines and little blocks and squares and put everything in compartments so it was my kids. And because I'd started running and I had my big goals myself, I had my goals and everything. So I couldn't find a diary that really suited me. And there were no pretty diaries out there at that stage. So that situation really motivated me to get started with the business With the the kids, it's been a long, long, long journey. We started in preschool, nineteen ninety four. My first child, and my youngest is now in matric. Okay, twenty seven continuous years of schooling, and probably still a couple of years of varsity to go. Yes. And during that time, I've always been very involved with um, the schools. I've been on two governing bodies. I've been the chairman of a governing body. I've been in a tuck shop. I've done lifting. I've done teas. I've been on committees, PTAs, whatever. I've done it all. I've even been the Easter bunny.
0: (laughs) Easter, any cute. <laughs> oh, I love, it. oh I love it! So yeah, you just yeah.
1: Christmas now so you complete your appetite. yeah, yeah, there we go. I can start that soon. There's no time. Yeah. yeah, so it it was quite difficult during the years managing just naturally being that person that got involved with everything, mm-hmm. and at the same time, kind of managing the four schools and making sure the kids were all okay and I think I did a lot of it on autopilot for many years. So I feel like there was a a turning point where I suddenly became more present as opposed to just being that mom that was just everywhere and doing everything. I think, you know, a lot of, to a lot of people, I was being a super mom. Uh, When I look back to myself, I think I was kind of doing too much and probably not being very kind to myself in Um, the process.
0: Yeah. Oh, Alison, thank you for that really honest reflection of your motherhood journey, and just so glad to hear that that there was that turning point where you did become more present as opposed to to trying to be super mom. As you said, like you know, you, we can get into autopilot. I think a lot of us moms can relate of getting into autopilot and not actually being present with our kids. And I think this playful mompreneur journey is all about that walking towards being more present, being there as our kids grow up, but yet also having this fulfilling business. So I know at the time now when you're managing these four different schools, you are doing so much for your kids, you were running a business at the same time. So can you share with us some of the lessons learned in those early years of business? You started I know in 2010 and. Tell us about those early days of business and some of the things that you might wish that you could have done differently.
1: Well, I want to say it's been quite a difficult journey, but like you said, I'm the glass half full person and it's really hard for me to give up. So even though I got smacked down a few times along the way, I did get up. <laughs> So yeah, I think the biggest mistake I made was definitely in my first year where I'd done all these amazing like figures and demographics and done my calculations and my kind of checking and I'd taken a tiny minuscule percentage of my demographic and thought, okay, that's how many diaries I'm going to print. Okay. But what I failed to actually find out was when do like when do retailers place their orders for diaries which is generally near the beginning of the year and they generally buy from people who they know they don't just a a new kid on the block doesn't just get in there that easily also yeah the printers they schedule in stuff and there's a there's a delay with that so I I remember clearly it was the soccer world cup 2010 and we had gone away June, July holidays, and there was all this hype around the World Cup. And I was still thinking about my design of my diary at that stage. And this was for 2011, uh-huh. bearing in mind I, my artwork for 2022 was already completed a month ago. So that's how soon you have to be ready to kind of uh-huh. go into print and your diaries need to be printed around about July in order to get into retail and start pre-selling people want their diaries early. It's crazy. And you're dealing in dated products. And Oh my gosh, did I, it took me years to recover from that because I kept having to chase and chase to try and catch up with that shortfall. And it's, it's just every year It's just like like people always used to say to me, so what else do you do? No, this is like a full-time thing. you, you designing, you're proofing, you printing production, you selling, you marketing, you doing your books. It's Yeah, it's just all year round.
0: I think you were certainly brave going going the physical product routes, going the dated product routes. And I think you're... Brave or stupid. Ah. I don't know which one. (laughs) Well, listen, we're all glad that you did it in in the beginning. But as you said, it was hard in those first years that you had to then sort of back up and compensate for the shortfall initially. And I think what's nice now and I think would have been way different in 2010, is, well, first of all, digital products. Trial out your products as much as you can in a digital format where you don't have to commit to physical products. But if you are going physical products, I think there's print-on-demand now that you can use, like print-on-demand services to so just try out a few, you know, and get some information from your audience first.
1: But it's it's print is one of those things that's really Price depends on quantity,
0: yeah.
1: So, for us, we have found the balance between quality and price, and so we've actually developed the perfect model. But it's yeah, it's taken a lot of hard work, a lot of slog, a lot of uh time and money investment to get to this point. That is
0: so cool, uh, Alison. Thank you for sharing the reality of what it does take to start a business, particularly. You know, in your particular context of retail print dated products, as we've mentioned, it's really great to hear the reality behind starting a business, about the hard work behind the business. But I also do know that your business journey has been infused with playfulness. And I think you mentioned a turning point earlier, and that turning point had a lot to do with playfulness. So Alison, can you give us an example of the way that embracing playfulness has just helped you along in your business journey?
1: Yeah. So for me, it's a constant work in progress and I've had some successful times and then I find myself getting back into the very seriousness of business. But my best year or best example of this was in 2016. And up until that point, I had just worked, 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 worked. I hadn't in five years had a cup of coffee with a friend, been out for lunch, nothing. It was crazy. And in 2016, Jean said to me at the beginning of the year, he said to me, what if you just did nothing this year? What if you just said you were doing nothing? Strangely enough, I approached the year as if I was going to do nothing. I hadn't seen my two older kids for a couple of years. The one was in the UK, one was in Vietnam. So I booked a trip to go to Vietnam and Ryan met me there as well. So I had both of them. Spent a month in Vietnam, no work whatsoever. Some of the things that I did in 2016, I probably had about 100 coffees I ran a couple of marathons I rode the August cycle tour I wrote a book I used to go to Kirstenbosch and just go and sit there I danced I played I camped a few times I went on retreats and guess what I still got my diaries out at the end of the year and had wow. a good year and in fact, it was it was quite a, a pivotal year for the business because up until then, I'd been offering advertising banners in the diaries, which in the beginning were great because it was a way of kind of self-funding the print run and that kind of thing. But what I found was I was giving more and more. I was charging something like 350 rand and people were getting social media posts every week they were getting like a banner in the diary they were getting a whole host of things Mm. found it was just consuming me but the fear of letting that bit of income go was so great and having been to Vietnam and disconnected for a month and just I came back and I said that's it the advertising is gonna stop and I think it was a week later I got my biggest ever diary order from a corporate it was for 1,200 diaries it more than made up the money for the advertising um, and then a week later I got another order for another 1,400 diaries so it oh, was wow. like it was a phenomenal year I look back at it and I think how the heck I mean I was I was just manifesting like left yes. right and center I hadn't when with the August cycle too I hadn't ridden the August since maybe. 20 years before that but I got in a few practices on my bike and I'd, I'd set the intention but then I couldn't get an entry into the August because I was too late and next thing I saw this email come through here's your entry and I'm like what anyway so I went and I, I was so confused and I went on the day to go and pick up my race pack and found they had my previous married name on there it's like that's so weird why did they use that name so it turned out there was another Alison van der Linden they'd picked up my ID from her name oh, okay. anyway when I realized this on the day that I picked up the race pack I was like oh no this poor child so I spoke to the manager of Team. And he said, don't worry, you ride. I've got another race entry for her. So I ended up riding without having actually officially entered. I'd set that intention. So it was
0: it was a year
1: of magic for me. It really was. Yes. That is yeah.
0: incredible. I really do have yeah. chills. Just hearing those stories and how the success still came to you, even though you weren't being graspy. And I was chatting to Ashley in one of my previous episodes. I think it's episode 11 and 12. And Ashley talks about this this graspy and griffy energy that we sometimes have with our businesses or something we want out of life. And from what you've just shared, Alison, it's just letting that go and actually just being open to opportunity, to that magic. And and then that you didn't have to sacrifice financial. Yeah, Yeah. in fact, fact, the financial abundance came to you even more. Came to me,
1: yeah. And it's such a scary concept to try and, think about because you you like oh but if I let go then you know nothing's going to happen and how is this going to work but you've actually also got to let go of the house you've got to go I trust even my trip to Vietnam I didn't have the money for the ticket and I said I'd planned this whole trip and the travel agent phoned me and she said look you have to pay for your ticket now otherwise you're not going to get this ticket and I was like oh I said Sean what should I do he said to me sweetie, take it out of the housekeeping. I'm like, oh, that's like a lot of money out of the housekeeping. He said, it'll, it'll come back. And I oh. think it was a few days later, I got a call from an old client from my bookkeeping days. And he wanted me to help him cash out his insurance policies because he hates admin. And he said he would give me a certain percentage out of what he got out. Okay. I had no, no idea what it was. And he phoned me a few days later and he said, your commission is 14,000, da, 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 da. It was the, like, almost to the rand, wow. the amount of my plane ticket. Oh,
0: my goodness. So it was
1: like, okay, well, that was easy and it didn't have to come out of my business. So I attribute it to just letting go. Yes,
0: yes. Great
1: concept though, hey, very hard concept. It is. I, I it struggle is. with it now again.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I can also relate and with the podcast with writing my book I've said to my husband often like oh my goodness this is not working or I you know like be moaning about all of this stuff and just won't and he'll say to me be a playful mompreneur. Like embrace this playful. does I'm like it's hard. <laughs> it's actually really hard. I'm preaching it, but it's hard, and you've got to be so intentional about it. Who knew it would be so hard to just sometimes let go? I'm
1: so glad you're preaching it because I listened to your podcast first just to get an idea of what your questions would be about and that kind of thing. But. I, I literally can't wait to get in my car and put on your podcast because yeah. I find it so inspiring. Because we really, as mom entrepreneurs, we really do need you to be preaching this. And I know we don't all get it right all the time, and and there's nothing wrong with that either. But it's just knowing that that it's out there. Mm. And what I do now, and I haven't done it for a few weeks, and I must wrap myself of the mus the muscles, the knuckles. <laughs> is to go first thing in the morning and go for a swim. And the difference in my day when I do that is incredible. And yet I still allow my my head to tell me, no, just go and work, go and work. That's the perfect Mm -hmm. day. Just go and do your, you've got like three hours before anything happens. Just work, work, work. No, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. not the best. Go and dance in the lounge or go and sit and meditate and Whatever, yeah. I mean, that early morning time for me is, it can be so better spent. You know, it doesn't have to be spent on stupid emails.
0: Because I think it's our default as I think also high achieving women. I think we've had many examples from our school life, from our previous corporate work, wherever we've come from. We've had many examples of where you just put in hard work and then you get the results. And so like if you're not getting the results, you feel like you just need to keep churning hard work into it. And it's not true. It's actually not Mm -hmm. true. It, It actually sometimes can. Be like a, a marker to say okay maybe you need to rethink this maybe this mm. is not the puzzle piece that fits in this uh, section of the puzzle you know absolutely um,
1: yeah and, yeah and it's
0: just actually rethink it yeah.
1: yeah yeah and sometimes you know when we're building a puzzle you've got a piece that sort of fits and you think it's yeah. the right thing. Yeah. and then nothing else wants to work around it and all you have to do is take that piece out and do mm. something different and then all of a sudden your puzzle's like going together yeah then you're in the flow
0: then you've got you've got it actually working that's awesome so now Alison tell us for those mompreneurs who are just starting out on this journey what advice would you give new mompreneurs
1: so I think the biggest thing for me is to always remember that starting a business should be built around your life not the other way around and initially it starts that way and then the balance starts going out of balance Mm. But don't be like me and have the regrets that I have from those years where my life was just so out of balance. And actually, the diary has just kind of evolved over the years to reflect my feeling about balance. So I have a couple of pages dedicated to living a balanced life. My quotes Mm -hmm. I take great kind of time to either write my quotes or to find quotes that resonate with how I feel about time. And that is, you know, time will take what you prepared to give to it and things shouldn't be all about time and all about work and all about like this rigid kind of schedule kind of thing. We've got to, we've got to allow flow into our lives and we've got to allow this fun and yeah
0: yeah that's brilliant advice that's what i was just thinking also like your diary has been part of your journey and it's such a lovely tool for starting mompreneurs to get yourself a mom diary and then you can i think also just bring in your priorities you can let go of that time for money thing and it's rather about priorities getting the priorities into the schedule like actually communicating by your time what your priorities are because we need some help you know we need some help yes. like and I think as you say reminding yourself of that this can be playful that it's actually not all on me that I'm just here to actually just shine my light in the world and then then see where it shines and
1: <laughs> absolutely and I've got I've got a couple of new things in the 2022 diary so every year I try and add something So where it was just my goals and personal well-being, I've got like little prompts in there now. So for instance, on one day of the week, it prompts you to write down your wins for the week. So we often look at it, think, oh, I didn't get anything done, but we forget how many things we did win at. So to just make a note of those wins, also what have I done for myself this week to make my own heart sing or my soul sing, what act of kindness have I done for others? Um, that's the one prompt, and then what is my intention for the week? And that can be things that can be a way of being. I just want to be calm this week. I want to be playful this week. Whatever. So, yeah, I've brought in those um, prompts. Every day has a different prompt, which applies kind of to that week. So. Oh
0: wow! Yeah. I love it. That sounds. That sounds beautiful. And so yeah. so when when can we start getting the 2022s? When will they start being on sale? Do you know you? Uh,
1: probably August. And cool. we've got some lovely new cover designs. And our latest product is a 120-gram journal. Because a lot of people are looking for the thicker paper for bullet mm. journal. So, oh, yeah. nice. That will be you. available in about two weeks' time.
0: Oh, excellent. So definitely yeah. by the time this is then that will yes. be available. And yes. this may very well be airing in August. And so maybe you can go and get your mom journals by then. But yes, go and check out the papery.co.za. So much <laughs> cool stationary stuff if you're a stationary geek, but also for, for planning. And I, I know also like bullet journaling. My husband is a huge bullet journaler. And if
1: you want some inspiration for bullet journaling on our Instagram page, one of my ladies, Delia, she is brilliant. She is so creative. I just I love it a bit, and she does the most beautiful spreads and posts them on the papery. It's it's the papery underscore stationery on instagram so okay yep. great
0: we'll uh, leave a link to that in the show okay. notes as well where yes. else can we follow you and can you just give us all your links of where people can find you Alison, and the papery
1: okay One more. Sure. so it's facebook it's the papery stationery and then the website is the
0: All of those links are in the show notes. And Alison has also given us a link where you can go and download an ebook that she has written called Out of Overwhelm. And it's all about getting out of overwhelm, when you're feeling those moments, we all know them, when you're feeling too overwhelmed to move forward. She's got a beautiful process in a free ebook. So if you go to thepapery.co.za, you'll be able to find the link at the bottom of the website under fun stuff. But I will put a direct link to that ebook called Out of Overwhelm. In fact, Alison calls it her book because it's triple O's. So enjoy that. I think that'll be a wonderful resource. And by the way, if you are interested in hearing more about Alison's productivity tips from someone who is really in the business of productivity, then tune in next week. I'm going to be reflecting on some of her productivity tips, which she does also share in her e-book and talking about my way of doing productivity in a playful mompreneur business. Alison, this has been just such a wonderful time chatting to you, learning more about your story and getting these such valuable business tips, I feel from someone who's walked this journey, ups and downs, roller coaster rides. <laughs> I, I really appreciate you sharing that. It's It's been so rich and beneficial for me and I know it's going to be beneficial for the listeners. So thanks for awesome. being with us today, Alison. That's the end of our Mompreneur playdate today. But come again soon. Subscribe and tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. But the best way to make sure that you don't miss an episode and to get free bonus content is to get onto the Playful Mompreneur email list at playfulmompreneur.com. That's also where you'll find the show notes for today's episode. So head to playfulmompreneur.com and sign up there. And then playing is even more fun with friends, right? So please share the Playful Mompreneur podcast with all your Mompreneur friends by sending them over to PlayfulMompreneur.com or tell them to search the Playful Mompreneur on Apple Podcasts or wherever they listen to podcasts. You can also help me to spread the word by leaving a favorable review on Apple Podcasts. I'd absolutely love that. Thanks so much for tuning in, spreading the word, and most of all, being playfully and wonderfully you. Now it's time to go off and be a playful mompreneur.